fire for divert. And now the reporting device and more shots being fired. Eight four five four twenty six. What's up? I'm Jeff Weiss, a writer. And I'm No Can Do, a rapper. And this is Shots Fired, a podcast about hip-hop and ukulele music. Oh, shit. I'm about to go to Hawaii, or I'm actually just came back from Hawaii, technically. <laughs> technically, I'm just back from Hawaii. You're already back here. So we're in the... When are you going to Hawaii? Uh, when did you go to Hawaii, I should say? Uh, Thursday, the 29th, whatever. So you're, we're taping this on Wednesday. So you're going to Hawaii tomorrow? Yeah, I'm going to Hawaii tomorrow. For what? For a show. Really? Yesterday. Your, li- your yeah. life is pretty good. My life is pretty good, I have to say. Isn't it funny, though, how like you probably complain about it all the time? Because I complain about everything, and then I like tell people, and I'm like, eh, I'm an asshole. I, no, I've, I've learned recently to like to not. Like, one day I complained about like my fee for a show. Your fee? Like, my fee. I was like, oh, your fee. Yeah, like, like, oh, dude, like... I only got, or I got paid actually for a show, and then because of the exchange rate, like this is the first world problem that I had, yeah. because the exchange rate, I lost like thirty or sixty bucks or something like that, you mm-hmm. know. And then my wife was like, "Remember when that used to be a whole week of your work, and you just, you know, like that that with the, what you have now." Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, I remember that." <laughs> Yeah, that's remember why, when you had to do that for why, 40 that's hours? That's it's cool to be the, with the person you came up with because she can, like, let you know. You know, like... Yeah. That's tight. Yeah, well, whatever. Um, <laughs> you're like, you're like, yeah, whatever, I wanted that $30. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's 30 bucks, bro. That's a big deal. You're you know how many... Jewish man here. Of course I would want that $30. Yeah, man. I don't even valet park. Three lunches. You don't valet park? Fuck no, I don't valet park. I don't valet park because I'm embarrassed of my car. I haven't got my I haven't got my fucking damage fixed in like six months. That's another reason it doesn't help. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I got, which I fucked up my car pulling into my driveway after I smoked with Juicy J. Yeah. So fuck, well, Juicy J didn't smoke, but it was it was Juicy his J. Loyal's weed. Yeah. He just like Juicy J was like Loyal smoke no him out. Drugs. Yeah. yeah. Well, they were smoking, so I was like, all right. Yeah. I think we'll tell the story in the podcast. But what's yeah. up, man? What's your What's going on with you? I just got back. I was well, it was Memorial Day last weekend, so I went to the bay and uh, I did a story. Took your girl to the bay with me. Yeah, no, I did a story on G-Eazy. Oh, uh, yeah? For Billboard, which will probably be out, I think, around the time this drops. Mm-hmm. And that was cool. What's a G-Eazy? G-Eazy is uh, the best way probably. It's it's kind of funny because the best way probably. I know what G-Eazy You is. know what it is. The best way probably to describe him in one sense to people, someone is like the next Macklemore. Mm. But like it's kind of offensive to him because he's, he's a lot like smarter than Macklemore. He's, I think. But I mean, then again, like not as corny as Macklemore. But we were talking about it earlier. Like, Macklemore, like, as much as I am not a fan of his music, you do have to respect the fact that he did write, like, three anthems, so. There's, there's four that, that came on the radio. <laughs> there's four. And there's probably, the there album is probably full of them. people that I do not associate with, but I can respect their anthemic nature. The way, I've never heard a G-Eazy song. I've seen, because, uh, you know, the Scoop DeVille, who we've had on the podcast, mm-hmm. follow him on Instagram, and I've seen, um, <clears throat> I've seen, him like posted with G-Eazy or whatnot, mm-hmm. and so I imagine that like they brought a B forty at the show. Macklemore is fucking Macklemore is like a social, and G-Eazy is a greaser. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah but he's like yeah. a like an Elvis, like you know, yeah, like, yeah, looks yeah. like kind of. Yeah, he's one of those people. It's funny because like every article like describes mm-hmm. him as like very hateable, but then you get to know him and you like like him and. That's tight. So he's polarizing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no, like he like just look, you know, because he's kind of yeah. like very well groomed. Yeah. Like, yeah. Slick back. And, but he was, I, I found him to be a really smart and kind of interesting person. And he's from the Bay, man. Those are complex people. He was like, you know, we just, you talk about Mac Dre and E40 and you're like, oh, well, yeah. Yeah. You know, 
Like we had I am Sue on yeah. one of those times. Oh yeah, he's cool with that. Yeah, he's a phenomenon though. Jeez, he's like a phenomenon up there. Like we I did the interview with him and you like literally kids were like, I'm in awe of you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've never heard someone say that. I mean like I've been out with you like a bunch of times and people will be like, you know, you'll have a lot of fans. But I'd never heard it's any not really. You do everywhere we go. Well not shots really. fired audience, let me tell you something. Not really. Say say, <laughs> say, say more. Tell me more <laughs> yeah, about no, this. But some like like this the group of kids are like, Can I have a photo with you? I just mm. Like and like he felt bad the kid because mm. he didn't want to come off like such a nerd but he was like fifteen yeah so he's like did and uh, I mean he had to look pretty gracious it was just wild like it's just crazy to think that like there the that lane of being a white rapper like can exist completely I mean he and to his credit like he's like I, I'm not trying to make music for I'm just white I'm just white I woke up like this <laughs> yeah I mean like you know you can't control the fans you have like yeah yeah and uh a zebra doesn't count as stripes you know what I'm saying yeah it was cool though it was, yeah. it was uh maybe I was like I was like you need to go on our podcast and he's like what's a podcast I'm like all right I like you yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like you're a real one <laughs> yeah I was like do you listen to podcasts he's like mm, never <laughs> I was like me neither yeah, yeah, yeah um except all the ones from the loudspeakers network <laughs> um did you know that kim kardashian and kanye west got married did you hear that on the news i mean i, I like <laughs> i heard it was a big little story i mean the only thing that i heard on the news was that you know fucking ti fucking try to swing on yeah Mayweather. let's talk about that who cares about kanye west <laughs> what the fuck is that about all over a bitch man well, it was interesting because did you see like I like or all over his wife, but you know the 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 fucking cliche is all over bitch. I'm not maybe like Curtis Mayweather was 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 cool with or Curtis Mayweather, Curtis Mayfield, yeah, Curtis Curtis Ghost, Curtis Fifty Cent Mayfield. Um, yeah, no, maybe he knew her back. Well, she was an escape, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mayweather's kind of young, younger, too young, too young to be an escape. He doesn't know what the fuck that is. Um, I can see him being a TLC fan back know, in the day. Oh, yeah. I mean, he wasn't a TLC fan back in the day. Um, I really, like, thought it was fun. I mean, you know what was mean was when Biggie uh, said, like, what did he say in the line Dreams where he's like, he called, like, he's like, I'd fuck RuPaul. I think he said I'd fuck RuPaul before I'd fuck them ugly ass escape bitches. Yeah, yeah, That is a mean line out there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, it was kind of funny how... Like, and then she is like, like people, she, I like that she was going in on people in the Instagram section. She's like, you don't know what he's put me through. Like, she was saying like, like that all the pictures that he has of random girls on. I mean, that's like kind of why, like, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think all celebrity marriages are pretty much destined to. Doomed. Be, yeah. Like the, the Kanye and Kim thing. I was talking about that the other day. No, but that's like that's an e- equal years. amount of fame. That's like, five years. You think that's going to last? No way that lasts. You don't think? No. No. I think that, I mean it'll barely last past the, the you know the Look at Beyonce and Jay Z. That shit's going on forever. That shit is fucking boring. That shit is like that's they might as well be fucking knitting and fucking like you, you gotta know, have like a random fucking sipping oval team. Yeah. yeah. If it wasn't for fucking Solange coming <laughs> Solange in there, Solange spicing it up. Nobody would give a fuck about that marriage. That shit is straight fucking. That shit is Modern Family without Sofia Vergara. You know. <laughs> 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 I mean, like, what do Jay and Beyonce do on, like, a random Tuesday night? Like, like... They play spades. Yahtzee? Yeah, they, well, black <laughs> people don't fucking play Yahtzee. So I'm, I'm guessing spades, which is some old people Mental shit. Mental note. <laughs> <laughs> Only white people play Yahtzee. I'm pretty sure there's I've black people out it. there. Well, Jews, I don't consider real, like, they're not, like, white people in the traditional white people model. You know, they're not, like, I've never... Jews are really playing Yahtzee or Boggle. We're not like a board game as people. It's like, we don't ride <laughs> horses or like, you go fishing or camping or all that, you know. I don't know what a camp. 
You don't know how to camp? No. It's just the best thing you can do, man. Not know how to camp? No, just to camp. Camping sounds awful to me. Oh, dude, camping is a shit. It's just, you know, well, I, I kind of I didn't just, go to summer camp. because I like just know. being alone in the fucking woods. That's just, you, <laughs> Camping for you is, it's a, I'm alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with a fishing pole. Camping camping with the family, that's some shit that nobody wants to fucking Yeah, do. that's what I was thinking more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Do I have mushrooms in this camp out? You can have mushrooms if you want. That's superior. Yeah, um, you can have as much food as you want, like fucking salami, all the shit that doesn't like go to waste, you know. So that happened, and then so the latest thing, uh, and then there was Apple, bought Beats finally for three billion dollars, only three billion dollars. Mm-hmm. They, they got a good deal because they knocked off two hundred million. Oh really? Yeah, they knocked off. Yeah. Hey, let's just take off two hundred million. We don't need all two hundred million. Yeah. Where that two hundred million go? Probably it was like uh, headphone returns oh, <laughs> for yeah, the yeah. defective headphones that they probably sold. Man, um, that is like a cool thing. That's a cool big thing that happened. Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre just hitting the lick. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, we were at South by man. It seemed like uh, Apple. They Apple needed something, man. Because they think I don't think so. Well, no, that, like in terms of just cool. I mean, they're like they're like Levi's or fucking. Steve Polo. Jobs would never have, never have signed off on that. No, but since Steve Jobs died, yeah, fucking. Samsung has been at their throats, you know? Yeah, it's an opportunity. I don't know. I thought about that the other day because these apples, my, my phone is not that good and mm. it always is breaking and every time it gets down to 20%, the battery just shuts off and I was thinking about getting a droid but it's kind of like how your brother was saying why he like wants uh, Beats by Dre headphones instead yeah. of other stuff. I was like, man, but then I just have like a fucking block fucking Samsung phone that you could like beat someone with to death. No, Which I've seen somebody come in with a fucking Samsung, a big ass Samsung phone. I'm like, why the fuck do you have a fucking uh, TV it's in like your hand? It's like a tablet. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I don't need that shit. Like, I don't need a Rosetta Stone in my hand. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't have bought it. <laughs> but I don't also have $3 billion in cash at hand. So that probably takes care of that. Dre is now the richest guy from the richest like hip hop generation mogul dude. Yeah. There's no, there's nobody. And he did it fucking the the way that like the record industry does it you know but it's like not through music but it's like through yeah. like an auxiliary product you know what i'm saying so it's like well that's what music has become like lifestyle shit like at this point like i mean like the, well it, i think it always has because i think sony yeah. was more interested in selling fucking batteries and 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 walkmans and, and there was like a stereos than music period you know where I think like that's like that's the thing like I think it's kind of interesting too. It's like when we think about like like liter you know books like the good old, like the good old days of like books might have been like a thirty year stretch. Whereas in the grand history of civilization, that's like point oh oh one percent where like enough people were literate enough and copyright laws were intact. Yeah. And the publishing industry like got to places and the technology wasn't advanced enough where you could get it everywhere. Yeah. Where like writers like made it. You know. Yeah. And like if you lived in that time and we got we saw kind of the tail end of it. So that's why I'm tormented to be, a, you know, to be a writer and be like, but those people had money. Mm-hmm. Um, but think cool. about think about the that's dude selling the part. paper, though. I'm just saying, people people that were selling the paper, not the fucking writers. Oh, dude, Dre selling the fucking headphones is tight. Yeah, that's yeah. smart. Um, like, we have Jen on the podcast, is, and this is a really great episode. This is one of the best we've had, I believe. Yeah, he tells his whole story from you know, rap. Well, fuck it, he'll tell you. He it's so funny because he. He's like modest about it, but he's probably got one of the best memories of anybody I've ever met. Oh uh, yeah, I, I think like we're all goes really hand and he's like, he's one of the best like, you know, conversationalists too. And I think that goes hand to hand. Yeah, with, like, he's just one of those people that's stuff. very naturally charismatic. You know, you start talking to them and like, you, there's an energy and like, and I think you can, like, I, that's kind of what's interesting, I guess, about just when you meet somebody versus when you hear somebody. But uh, yeah, anyways, shots fired. Shots fired. Chilling here with Jin. We leaving that door open or what? 
Yeah, because it's going to get hot if we don't. Okay, okay. You're recording your album here in LA? Yeah, I've uh, been here for about a little under a week now. That's working, tight. Working on a project. Mm. And, um, you know, even as I share that, I mean, there's this really like self-conscious thing that I'm working my way through these days. What is I, it? Well, it's a lot. There's so many layers to it. But yeah. the first thing is, even in, in, in the midst of y'all presence and yeah. people listening, you know, right when I said, yeah, I'm working on an album, I can imagine someone on the other end listening like, who cares? <laughs> like, like, yeah, yeah. like, who is this guy? So yeah. that's like some self-conscious, like, deep, deep why internal. Did, yeah, why, why, why? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it, it's deep-rooted, yo. Yeah. I mean, like, um, so yeah, I'm working on an album right now, and, and one of the significances to me of it is, uh, it's 2014. Yeah. Um, you know, for those that do know me, you know, like from the, let's say, the Freestyle Friday and signing yeah. with Rough Riders and all of that, right? Yeah. Uh, that album that I released with them, was 2004, yeah. which means it's Damn, been eight I didn't know years. That was yeah. that long, so, yeah. so to me personally, there's that significance and, and, and the, the, the deep-rooted stuff that I'm talking about, I think it's based in just what these last 10 years have been like. You know, mm. the ups, the downs, mm. you know, the, the, the diehards that's like, yo, we don't care that you wait for Rough Riders no more. You can drop independent underground stuff, we still support you. Mm. Then you got maybe the, the more mass general that's like, you know, for the most part, as soon as I parted ways with the R, they were like, you know, wow, where did Jin go? Faded into obscurity, and oh well, <laughs> another one bites the dust. You see what I'm saying? And yeah. So I mean, these past- fuck those guys, though, right? <laughs> At the end but of the day, you know where I'm finding, where I'm finding, like, kind of, I guess you could. This is an extreme word, but where I'm finding kind of like redemption and healing is just in, you know, realizing that I put too much emphasis and and um, I put too much emphasis in that the whole the rap identity part of me. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, yo, you got to imagine, this is something that's been part of me since I was like 12, 13. Mm-hmm. For the first time I, 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 I you know, I, I emulated LL, don't call it a comeback. From that mm. moment on, like, it defined me. And yeah. then even into young adulthood, especially getting a You created video. a superhero, man. You created yeah. this character. And then, and then yeah. at the same time, to watch that superhero kind of like, you know, discombobulate uh-huh. was, was the sobering moment. But yeah. now, you know, just the- When did the superhero and, discombobulate? And I could, you know. If I pinpoint it to one moment, I think it would be like the defining moment is when I released the album, that first album. Really? The Rough Rider album, the one that I said, which was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it discombobulated in the sense of just, you know, there was so much intentional and, and like I created and created by the, the my surroundings yeah. that, that that thing on my shoulder. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and, and it varies on different levels. Uh, let's say starting with just the whole, yeah, okay, we seen them do the battle thing, but yo, you know what they say about the battle rappers and you put them in the game and you know what they don't mean <laughs> yeah. that, so. That, that. Let's have a moment here between okay, you. Uh, that's why I'm, I'm looking at your eyes, I'm like, brother, I feel you. <laughs> to me, We're having me, fucking me therapy no right now. Me and No Can are the only people in here. The rest <laughs> of you guys aren't even existing, but. So you got Jeff that. is waiting to fucking ask another I'm question. The, I'm in the fetal position in the corner. Okay, so you got that weight. You got that weight. Yeah, and yeah. I think the even greater, bigger mm. weight that, mm. yo, when I was a youngin' and I was chasing this rap dream, it never even dawned on me that this was going to be such a big component. Yo, me being Asian. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, let me put it in context. It's mm-hmm. 2014, and it's still an issue, but obviously not as much now because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of barriers being broken, a lot of ground being made by super talented and dope Asian-American artists mm-hmm. in all genres yeah. and all platforms, not just hip-hop. Yeah. But if we go back 10 years, which yeah. doesn't seem like that long ago, and it really isn't, but yeah. 10 years ago, it was a very different landscape. It definitely was. Different, yeah. different climate. And so, but no know, matter what, no matter how things change, though, let's keep it really, really real. Keep it real. Go in, though. I think people are kind of like, people want to see uh people don't like to see like rules being broken or yeah. like you know certain like yeah. certain like images or whatnot so when they yeah. think when you think rapper yeah you know uh you have there's like certain criteria like you know it's like he's from the hood 
obviously, you know, he's got to struggle. Or he's got this, he's got that. And then when there's something, somebody that comes along that breaks those rules, he's like, oh, he's an exception, and that's cool, and we like that, you know? But uh, I definitely think it's it's still a challenge in this day. So per my own experience, even going back to the right when we started, that kind of internal, not so much of a struggle, but the discovery Mm. is a big part of that. Like Mm. part of me, even as I'm sitting here in front of y'all, is like, Yo, Jen, you don't even need to bring that up. You know, we're in 2014, we're so past that. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, it's like not bringing it up is also me not being honest either, right? Mm-hmm. So I bring it up out of just wanting to be authentic. Mm-hmm. And what I was going to say is it never dawned on me like what a big um, component that was to my journey. So leading all the way up until, you know, the signing with the R, like I was always aware because, mm-hmm. you know, even when I was 13 and doing the lunch you know, lunchtime cafeteria battles. You know, I was already hearing it. Yo, you ain't nice. Go make me some fried rice, right? Yeah. And, and that was like the but you had the, the day. ultimate rebuttals for that shit though, which was the and best was, thing that ever. Was, but that was developed out of like uh, kind of a kind of like defense a, mechanism. Yeah, a defense mechanism combined with like yo flight or you know uh, uh, flight or die or whatever. Fight or flight. Yeah, flight or flight. Yeah, like yeah. I either run or I face it in some way. Mm-hmm. So the way I did it was in those rebuttals, at mm-hmm. least in the scope of like freestyle battling. But um. It was when I got that deal and got onto that more major platform in that yeah. sense that it really hit me that, wait a minute, you might not see this, Jim, but the fact that you're Chinese is all they're going to be talking about. <laughs> so why I take some weight in that in the whole process was because, in some sense, I fed into the hype, right? Yeah. Unintentionally sometimes, but, yo, I'm like 21, record deal, I got, got my oh, yeah. rider chain, yeah. I'm running around the country yeah. internationally, touring, with no album out, ladies is going crazy, so, like, the last thing I'm, 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 I'm going to keep it a hub. I'm going to use that as a sound bite. <laughs> I, the last something. thing on my mind, the last thing on my mind that I I was really putting a lot of thought into was yo Jin you regardless of if you want to be or not you are the face of this community and and, wow. and you and and you're the voice of this community yeah. so there was this kind of like yeah it's kind of like Bruce Wayne Batman type of thing going on it's like I don't really want to I don't really want to say I'm here to protect Gotham but it doesn't look like I have a choice that type of thing yeah. and and so and and then basically I was like figuring it out in the public eye so for example one reference point people always talk about when they you know bring up Jin other than the battling thing yeah, to learn Chinese, right? To learn Chinese, which is the song, like mm-hmm. my first, first single. Yeah. My first single, and essentially mm-hmm. didn't really drop anything after that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as far as that really hit hit the um, hit the radar. Some people are like, that was when it was the downfall of you, Jim, right? Yeah. Oh, you had me all the way up until learn Chinese. And then some people are like, Yo, that's my favorite joint that you ever dropped. Yeah, and I'm like, what? Like, I can't. But that's can't... art, though, though. That you is know, art. Exactly. Like, art is just like, what is that? Uh, that's a triangle with a fucking dick on the top, and yeah. somebody's like, no, 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 it's the meaning of life. Exactly. You know, like, so, you can't fucking. So you know, I go back to even that experience, and I do feel like it had <laughs> to happen. Trip. It is. Yeah, it had to happen that way, though. Mm-hmm. I feel it had to happen the way to bring me to where I'm at right now. Like the gin you... that y'all see sitting in front of you, and that the listeners are are experiencing right now. Mm. I felt like is only able to share all these things because of those. I mean, that's just so crazy to think being 21 years old and like you're put in that situation. You're the, twi- the, the first I, like yeah. first like Chinese solo act that's on so Rough young. Riders. Yeah. And you know, like that's I big, didn't realize you were that young cuz I were, cause we're yeah. like the same age. I didn't yeah, realize yeah. that like I realized he was that young and I hated it. I was like, I want to be here. <laughs> I want to be there. <laughs> no, but I'm grateful. I mean, you know, if, if yeah. we we kind of bring it back to present tense. Yeah. Um, yo I was chatting with someone yesterday. Right? Mm. I'm out, out here in Cali now working on an album. And while I'm in the studio, it's been cool because all of these different energies have just been coming through the lab. You know, mm. producers, other artists. And, and mm. the one kind of common denominator when I meet these individuals is 
they'll all tell me that at that time that I was doing the, the Freestyle Friday, Rough Rider, everything, where they were at in life. Yeah. So one person would be like, man, I was in the seventh grade. Yeah. We used to run yeah. home. And then the next person would be like, yeah, man, I remember. I just got married. I had my first. So it's interesting to see how it's my, you know, this was my journey at that time, but it was some sort of like emotional attachment that they had to it too in their world. So well, it, it's like, kind of wow, like the crazy. first, it was the first time Freestyle Fridays, uh, that I mean, because before that on BET, the, yeah. the thing you ran home for rap was rap city, was it rap city yeah, right? With the, the basement, no freestyles. Yes, so there's a lull in exciting things that were happening on like TRL was kind of corny. It is, still is, but so <laughs> that doesn't exist anymore. It, they don't have TRL no. anymore. I thought it existed. No, not, not TRL, but what's it called? Uh, the one on MTV. 106 is the one, 106 oh, 106 in Park. Park still it's is. yeah. Sorry, but it was it was it was kind of corny. That was like a real life moment that was happening. I see what that kept that shit like entertaining to everybody. Yeah. And then you know, like how many weeks was like twelve weeks or. How many weeks did you win? Oh, like uh, seven. So, the, like, this is something that they internally, as the creators and the producers of the show, yeah. I don't know what, what brought them to seven, but they were like, we're capping it off at seven. Yeah, you so made them create a cap, bro. I didn't create a cap. Before You're me, like there the was Ken actually, there was, one, there was one person before me Who? to do it. His name is Poster Boy. Poster Boy, okay. Poster Boy was the first one. And then yeah. he, he kind of set that prerequisite where he capped at seven and then signed. He signed with, like, Sony. Yeah. I, I may be wrong. Someone go wiki, wiki fact that. I don't know, but mm -hmm. I think it was uh was Sony and he put out a single and yo he he kind of set that blueprint as far as like mm -hmm. yo people can go on Freestyle Friday and, and flip that into a deal you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. so I mean it was dope you know it was a, definitely a different era in, in the industry and yeah. I think they still do the Freestyle Friday oh now it's like Smack is part of it right now yeah, or something yeah, like really? that and they do like uh, it's called the Ultimate Freestyle Friday. The Ultimate. Yeah, Smack knows how to blow some shit up. I love. By the way, I should just. I want to know that. You know. No can do is wearing an EBT BET parody shirt <laughs> right now. My, my shirt is the, 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 the It's like the BET yeah, we'll logo. Um, <laughs> With my it. homies ain't nobody cool. They makes a lot. Make a lot of dope shit. If I could have found it, there's like a half, like a yin yang ball, yeah. but it's like a pokeball and a dragon ball. Oh, dope. That shit is tight as fuck. Dope. I but, didn't even realize it said EBT until you pointed it out. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it happens halfway through the lunch, basically. Halfway through the dinner, somebody's yeah. like, does that say EBT? And they're either very excited or they're very embarrassed. Yeah. And it depends on how old they are, their race, their cultural uh, background. I'll be honest yeah. with you, I think EBT is way less embarrassing than BET. <laughs> if I was wearing a BET shirt, I don't, I don't know what would make me do that, right? Yeah, like, yeah. you're like, I don't know. I Unless like, it was ironic. I, I like Big Tigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I miss Big Tigger. Mm -hmm. I miss Big Les. Big Les, yeah. Big, Big Les. What about um Cedar's World? So remember what was this oh, that, that cartoon? She yeah. was so annoying. She Cita. was like always like introducing videos, <laughs> and there was this cartoon character. Wow. Yeah, she was like, like I don't need like cartoon. She was like a cartoon ratchet. The cartoon ratchet. <laughs> yeah, I'm like enough. But, um, yeah. All right, so let's take it back a little bit to the beginning. So you were this episode is so nostalgic. I just got to say that, right? It's gonna, yeah. be, it's <laughs> gonna be nostalgic. Um, so let's take it back to you. You're you're from Miami originally. Born and raised. So you're growing up in Miami. I mean, was like uh, Miami like based the was everywhere. Los Angeles. Miami based. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've all uh, we've all played GTA. You know, there's, yeah. there's reason why they pick certain locations for GTA, right? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Miami, I mean, you know reggaeton. what? Let me not let me not let me not overdose on it. Miami was. Um, you know, you have the Miami that people think of when they think of like Scarface and things mm -hmm. like that. You know, which unfortunately in that certain era, which is the 80s. I was mm -hmm. born in 82. The 80s were fucked up. It was, it was all a crazy the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, all around the nation. But, you know, I mean, 
not for nothing the area that I grew up in it, it wasn't like yo I wasn't like dealing with you know cocaine drug lords every corner you know yeah. nobody had like a tiger in a cage nah, in front nah, of y'all again, block. there was no like was again, no, one, no one buttoned up any of their shirts no one. <laughs> that was true that was valid no yeah. one buttoned up any a lot of, of pastels I was in Buck though it was yeah. super hot yeah. super hot so, and, so you're a southern dude in, in a in sense in a sense yeah very yeah. much in, in, in my core but you know born and raised Miami pretty much spent the first two decades of my life there and I think you were mentioning the music it's interesting because I very much was, you know, raised on that southern bass, and yeah. um, you know, um, now it's completely changed my perspective on it. But yo, like two live crew, yeah. right? As 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 weird and off balance as that is, like at 11 years old listening to two live crew. That's nothing and weird about that. That said, two live crew, first first Asian rapper ever, Fresh Kid Ice is half exactly. Asian. Exactly. Yeah, so Kid there's Ice a weird Asian. kind of paradox yeah. going there too. But so, yeah. I was gonna say, you know, as I grow now as a man and a lot of different things, a lot of different components that that are in my life now. Um, for example, one, uh, you know, fatherhood, being a husband, mm -hmm. and just you know, stepping into this new space mentally. And a big part is my faith, right? Yeah, so yeah. my faith is a big part of me. And just seeing, wow, how at a young age. I didn't. I didn't. I was kind of oblivious to how all of these elements were affecting me. Yeah. One being two live crew. Now I'm not saying specifically Fresh Kid Ice and Uncle Luke, not them as individuals, yeah. but just like that message yeah. that they were saying that I, as 11 year old, was was, was yo suck it up and, and and like yeah, you know, me love you long time, oh me so honey, and it's yeah. just like fun to a kid. Yeah. But then as you get older, you know, and and now as I'm trying to work my way through that stuff, I'm like, dang, yo, no wonder why like you know the things that i'm trying to overcome are so deep rooted because yeah. at nine years old this is it's already what i was yeah, yeah but you know and i don't want to put it like yo they were like you know they're the cause of why you know i have such a distorted view on on sexual relations you know i don't but it played a big part. <laughs> you wouldn't be the only one that would be like why that, it's just too deep <laughs> yeah i don't want to get overly deep but hey once in a lifetime you know how many times do you get to go on shots fired you know yeah. what I'm saying? this may be my first and last so let's just let it all out on the line you're invited yeah. back already so we're going back to the music so we need more on, conversations like this yeah grew up on the two live crew grew up on um all of the southern stuff uh you know and then as i got into like junior high and high like yo trick daddy you know that uh-huh okay shut up all that yeah, so that, yeah. was, yeah. that was your that was your fucking high school turn that up. was our high school turn up song <laughs> without a doubt That's but tight. then um simultaneously though there was this you know www.thug.com i had yes www <laughs> not a real website no. <laughs> that was the name of his album. It was, yeah. Was tight. Trick Daddy was, was legendary. They were very yeah. early on the internet, Trick Very Daddy. early. <laughs> that, was, that was really smart, dude. And very Trina. visionary. Trina, Trina, yeah. Right, so that whole Slip and Slide team. Yeah. I mean, I had aspirations of being signed to Slip and Slide. For real? Time. real you and Rick, well, Rick, Rick, I heard Rick Ross, so, the rumor was so. like, Rick, wasn't, I think Rick Ross was doing stuff with Slip and Slide, and I heard rumors. I don't know if yeah, any of them were but true. But apparently they didn't have room for a Chinese kid on their roster. So. <laughs> really? Yeah, so it did. No, that's not what they said, but like it was, it was cool because when I went, I did get chances to kind of be in that circle, like yeah. have my little demo tape and go over to the Slip and Slide office. Because yeah. by 16, 17, I was like full on ground already. Right? Yeah. Oh, so really? Doing the battle, yeah, doing the battle thing, but also, uh, you know, demo tapes. Yeah. Like real demo tapes, like actual cassettes yeah. with yeah. like three songs on it. Yeah. Then you try to get that one little nice black what? and white picture. What's the so Slip and Slide office like in 1997 look kind of like where we're sitting right now actually really? that's tight yeah we're on slip and slide status <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, you know what about us 
Kind of like Slip and Slide Records, <laughs> <laughs> but like in podcast form. Yeah. So like, what kind of studios were you recording in to, to, to crack these demos? Were they because everybody has like a laptop and a fucking condenser mic nowadays? Yeah. Nowadays. So like, uh, explain then, it was still the process. A, it, would be, it would be at someone's crib. Yeah. It would be at someone's crib, and then the more it was like on the Tascam four track or eight track yeah. or something like that. And then that. the more uh, even more grassroots level, the earlier earlier demos that I used to do, I'm sure you'll remember this right away. We used to have you know like a boombox, mm-hmm. right? Super nostalgic with you know. Dip uh, tape deck A, tape deck B. Mm. You play the instrumental on tape deck A, place the blank cassette on tape deck B, plug your mic in, and yeah. you go live over that. Yeah. One tape. There's no editing, no Pro Tools, I can't punch you in. Yeah, the yeah, worst yeah. thing to happen is, because you know, we would write, we would attempt to write songs, right? So there yeah. would be a hook, a 16, a hook, a 16. And the worst thing that ever happened would be you get all the way through, and then on that last chorus, you screw up one of the lines. Yeah. And all that meant is, Right back to the beginning and go through it again. Yeah. But I think, yo, it's so funny because it at that something though, it makes you really like it makes you home. super pro. So you yes. deliver it, deliver it right. But you yeah. know, what's so funny, man. Like those old tapes, I feel like those mistakes would be something that like like when you're young, you know, if you had like a producer or something, they'd be like, yeah. I like the way you did that mistake. Exactly. You know, I would love to hear those old exactly. tapes, bro. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it was years of that type of ground, but going back a bit to the the music that was influential to me. So it was very much the southern bass. You know, um, 95 South. I don't even know about no, Who Wu Tang is. Yes. Yes. Uh, the other one. Tag team. And tag, all you know, tag team. Yeah. I that think was the jam. They tag were, team. <laughs> back again. I think they were the from record. like they were not from Atlanta originally, yeah. and they moved to Atlanta. But 95 South, I think they were Miami. Miami. Yeah. That was the yeah. Woot. There it is. Yeah. yeah. That was a really and funny. Then, I don't know Daisy Duke. Do y'all know this Daisy one? Duke. With Deuce. Daisy Duke. Do y'all know this one? Coming right there, Oh, yeah. <laughs> Watson DJs? We had, we had the box, bro. Yeah, I, I like it. As though I don't have the high school high soundtrack memorized. High school high soundtrack, very legendary and underrated. Okay. But now I'm going to segue into. Wu Wear. Also, Wu Wear, the garment this renaissance. This is critical, bro, for, for, for the gin journey, for the gin story. Let us know, bro. In some way, yo, as much as I was into that and that was embedded in my DNA, mm-hmm. yo, I was, I was going crazy when. You know, Capone and Noriega, oh, yeah. you know, the war report. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I think it had a, a big thing to do with in the junior high and high school years of my life, I had this little circle of, you know, the circle that you run with. Yeah, you, you know, like you five, and your six homies of us. And, you know, I think um, like they, the same music, they rap like the together. Same music. Uh, some of them were New York imports. Meaning okay. Like they are from like New there's York. A lot of, there's a lot of that in, in well, Miami. Florida, they go yeah. down in Miami. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that was a big influence. As far and as Atlanta, like, too. Our boys. So, you know, we was wilding out over like, you know, we was listening to the Uncle Luke and all that. But at the same time, we was like, totally. yo, you heard, you know, yo, um, Smith and Weston changed their name to the Coco Brothers. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. Like, and that's yeah, they had, like, a like a That's the same thing yeah. that was happening with me over here on the West is like, yeah. you know, I, I really, I really, we love like, you know, the Chronic 2001 and we love like corrupt yep. and we love yep. cam we love all that shit but like there's just certain things that drop that are east coast records like noriega. red man i was yeah. saying like noriega like i was talking about this other day like Good. that capone noriega record was pretty big and the noriega nore record yeah, on, yeah. on his solo run yeah the noire yeah. super thug all that and yeah. then um yeah even like the super obscure stuff we were really into i was into the like, outsiders were you ever into the we outsiders, into outsiders. Okay. Yes. Outsiders pace one the whole game and yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and then um, all of these different components happening at the same time so as much as i was into that southern base stuff i was 
But as far as it pertained to my own personal style, it was definitely more driven that East Coast technical, like listening to like the mm -hmm. firm. So I'm talking like the tail end of high school, like the firm and. So how you do you know, feel about like oh, yeah, now? The and all that, yeah. There's like. I feel like there's hella like dudes that are like southern dudes that are like super rapping, you know. Yes. I feel like Gunplay is like he's rapping his ass off, you uh, know. And well, Gunplay was a big Wu Tang fan. Like oh, he he'll was? be rhyming over like only built for Cuban links and like like yep. old Ghostface instrumentals. Yeah. So like I mean, I, like I was saying this the other day, like someone asked me questions about regionalism and rap, and I was yeah. like, but it's always been. Goes, it always like there's always a give and take between yeah. regions, you know yeah. what I mean? Like Everlasting Bass by Rodney and Joe Cooley was like one of the songs that was one of the most influential yeah. Miami bass songs. Oh, for real? From LA, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it just goes. Did someone mention the High School High soundtrack a couple minutes ago? Oh. Yo, who did? That song who on did? It, who? Wear? I wasn't here when motherfuckers talked about the High School High soundtrack. Yeah, the Wu Wear. Yo, that joint was so dope. Like, um, in High School High, though, that was a good movie. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, so that's my Miami journey. Uh, and then like young I John think, Lovitz. I think it, yeah, John Lovitz. I think it got a young to a handsome point, John Lovitz. <laughs> I think it got to Sorry. a point where um didn't he have a cartoon? He did have a cartoon. Did it was he? A, a, oh, the critic. It was yeah, a great cartoon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously, it's my whole life in cartoon form. Oh shit! <laughs> it <laughs> is. Yeah, it's to be. Yeah. Oh uh, shit. Oh man, Jim. Uh, then I, it brought me to New York. Let so me talk. Me to New York. Well, let's skip. Right, do you have a Do you have a schedule? I just want to ask this motherfucker hella questions about Go hella battles. No, 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 no. I just posted the funky flavors. The, sh the, sh the show in Port or the battle in Puerto Rico. Oh, the one in Puerto Rico. Tell me about that, man. Let's talk about the glory days. That was fucking. Um, Before I got knocked off my pedestal. Everybody Thankfully. does, but well, yeah. But, uh, the glory. Days. The one in Puerto Rico. Yeah. What What was it? Was that so like the, the source or was that the what 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 Explain. Oh, what was the companies involved? The backstories. Yeah. Well, I mean, at that time. You know, you didn't have like the, you know, the grind times. You didn't have the king of the dots. You didn't have the URL. You know, you had like, um, you had battle. Uh, the battle element was yeah. alive and well, yeah. but it just wasn't. You didn't as, have the like, fucking leads. You didn't have leads, and you didn't have the internet to kind of to, to propel these things into yeah. a more visible space. It's like old politics, man. Smoky rooms. That's and smoky rooms. Yes. Yeah. And um, as, at some point, what did start happening is. Camcorders and, and tapings started to become more big ass aware. camcorders. Yeah, big ass camcorders and recorder. <laughs> so the one that I did in Puerto Rico was um, the context is that every year they would have this uh, like a like mix show gathering, but like mix show DJs, uh, and it will be at a different location every year. Yeah, it's yeah. called the Mix Show Power Summit. That's the name of it. Yeah. So sometimes it would be in Miami. So was it for radio it DJs? For radio DJs. Like like uh, was it like? Yeah, you know, so dudes imagine, like on power do that. Yeah, yeah. Imagine like Felly okay. Fell, imagine, you know, uh yeah. DJ Enough, Flex and you know, the, you know, DJs of that caliber, but yeah. also like more local regional. They all get DJs. together and cheat all on their wives together. one weekend. <laughs> uh, the disclaimer is no can said that. So, you know, <laughs> shots fired over there on that side. Let me come back to I'm just saying hypothetically, like, I don't know, maybe. Maybe we'll I don't continue. Know. Yeah. But that wasn't my focus going out there. Yeah. Uh I think for, for myself and even um the performers that so they would have showcases. Mm -hmm. So labels be be it Rough Rider, be it Def Jam, mm. they'll align these showcases mm. and the idea is this is our new artist yeah. and then they perform their 20 minute set yeah. with the intentions of getting radio DJs play. Over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DJs over. So I we should do that with bloggers these days, bro. That'd be tight. Sure. So I went, yo, this shit. I should sure do nothing with bloggers. South by Southwest. Yeah, yeah. Before the corporation took over. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So one year they decided, uh, it was the inaugural year, they were like, yo, we're going to do a battle this year, like a tournament type thing. And you know, through their resources, the organizers' resources, yo, they were like, we're gonna make it, you know, a cash prize and so forth and so forth. Mm. And I would have went to battle anyways, 
But without the, moment, the cash prize? The moment they said that, you know, the prize was 50 grand. It was 50 grand, huh? It was 50 grand. I Damn. was like, yo, why would I not, right? Yeah. So that's the one where I go to. And, you won 50 um, grand in one day. And that one battle. It was like a, it was like a four-man tourney. Oh, that's, so it was ooh. like two brackets. Mm -hmm. and um, That's like, like the if, easiest if like, 50 grand in your if life. You're like, yo, sure. If you're like, highlight one single thing about that whole experience that you'll always remember, yeah. I can I can say what it is. And it was, um, it was actually a specific punchline. So... That year, at this Mix Show Power Summit thing, there was a new artist on the scene that Aftermath, GU, and Shady had just signed by the name of The Game. Yeah. So there was, and, and that was after he dropped, um, there was a song out already, the West Coast joint, the, like, I don't know, um, uh, it, it, it was like, I don't Grills know. on my low, low riders, guns on both boats, that, that one. That one, yeah, talking yeah. About. yeah, yeah. So it was I like, five of them, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean like, this is how you, that wasn't even out yet. It was really? like super early game, and I was aware of this game guy, all the DJs were aware of this game guy, and the idea was, and, and the general the vibe. The machine was behind him at yeah, that point. The yeah, the general vibe of the whole weekend. He's the star of the weekend. Yes, yeah, was yeah, game. Yeah. So, Which game must have loved. <laughs> so at some point in the battle, right, I was kind of making, I was making good headway already. Yeah. But then like out the corner of my eye, I see him standing there by the stage, right? So yeah. it's like on this white stage and yeah. all the DJs are surrounding it 360. I see him out the corner of my eye, totally unplanned. Like yeah. if it was planned, it would be one thing. Yeah. But because it wasn't unplanned is what makes it so dope to me. I see him and then, yo, this line came. And yeah. I said something along the lines of, um, uh, uh, yo, my man right there came from Compton to see me put you to shame. And you know, he knows who I am because game recognized game. Yeah. And then, yo, pandemonium. Then the crowd went wild, yeah. Pandemonium. So yeah. that's like kind of like a, a, a very memorable kind of glory days moment for me. And then yeah. at that point, the DJs, like the, the judges panel, mm -hmm. they're like flipping over the tables <laughs> and everybody's like, oh, yeah. you know. So there was something raw about that too, even in contrast to like, let's say the that's freestyle the best. Friday. Did you feel like as like being like an Asian rapper, like, like there's that stigma against you at first like it's hard or it's like I think like a white rapper too it's like you're less likely to get credit but if you are dope then you almost get double credit yeah. you know everyone's almost like wow good yeah. question that's really I think one thing that carried me throughout mm -hmm. the years when I was a bit more successful in mm -hmm. it right cause toward the latter years you know it's like when that the legend of Jin actually kind of got you know shaken up a bit right mm -hmm. but let's if we focus particularly on the earlier years when there was uh, uh, achievement and and, and progress in that I think what really carried me is because I didn't think too much about the thing mm -hmm. you're talking about mm -hmm. so I wasn't going into these battles with the mindset of yo in this 16 man tourney I'm probably going to be the only Chinese dude yeah. no that wasn't on my mind at all my focus I'm was I'm going to put on my African dad voice it's a zebra does not count his stripes <laughs> <laughs> like you know like you, nobody when you walk into a room you're not thinking about your parents like yeah. you're there for a job bro yeah you know, so, I mean yeah, if anything yeah. it worked for me and some Jews are pretty neurotic I'm like uh, everything I don't you know what <laughs> like, yeah. I totally get I totally get the question you asked about like yeah. did it work for me did it well work it's sort of like you, you ever watch the and one mixtapes do you remember when the professor the professor is the yeah though. like everyone like yeah that's what I'm saying though like because he was the truth like everyone's like that's what's up because yeah. the professor you're like or it's like Ashton Bronson has the line where he's like a white man competing in a black man's sport or something like that yeah. and it was sort of like I don't know I feel like if uh I don't know. I was a whack white rapper myself. I Speaking wasn't of white rappers, but on the basketball court, I used to play. I used to play. Just came out. Oh, it's like the most popular thing ever. I looked yeah. at Shazam all over the world. Like yeah. it's literally all over the country. It's Wait, I she dropped the album. She and dropped. Album she dropped a record. I have you know, eleven year old daughter. My wife. She's you know yeah. into it. So we bought yeah. the record, and. uh just doing a minstrel show accent. You think it's a minstrel show? No, it's not a minstrel. I'm making a joke, but it's like a imitation. It's like, kind of. Interesting. She's, I just, I, I just it's not her real voice. 
I, yeah, I just think it's it's for little girls. I, Cause I, as a grown man, it's hard for me to listen to it. Yeah. There's some good songwriting in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Skim's a good songwriter. <laughs> or whoever wrote that. He's a that. good rapper. There's somebody <laughs> writing the fucking. No, I'm just playing. But or, um, I don't know. But I don't know if Skim wrote that. Probably. Can I tell you? I don't one know. of the greatest <laughs> things to happen for me in my battle journey specifically uh-huh. is when I got rocked. Like when I yeah. got absolutely demolished. Cause, um, as 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 kind of weird and off off as this sounds, I think it was those moments yeah. that allowed me to let go of some stuff that I, I I don't know if I'd ever be able to let go of. Yeah, which what, are the, is that, what are the things that, that you identity, can let go of? Say that again. What, what can you let go of? Um, well, one the the baggage and the 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 weight that comes with being, let's say in my case specifically, that Chinese battle rapper. Yeah. And it's something that I didn't create and I didn't want, but it was just on me. Yeah. And for the longest time, like. That, that, that weight of that responsibility. It wasn't like, yo, I don't want this responsibility, but it was overwhelming at times, right? And even if people were able to let go of it, I think the thing is, it was always something I carried on my own shoulder and mm-hmm. it was just weighing me down, just yeah. as a person, like in general. So what I meant by that is um, just always the need to feel like, yo, I can't let anybody belittle my, my title as a mm-hmm. battle rapper, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. even if they say something, if someone says, yo, for example, yeah. yo, Dizla, eat gin. Yeah. Maybe once upon a time, you would I just let run that out. Fly. <laughs> I'll be like, yo, where's Diz right now? So we can just settle this, right? Yeah. And it almost unfolded that way. Yeah. And, you know, but the battle didn't happen because of. Oh, other, I forgot y'all were supposed to battle. But we here's the thing: Diz calls everybody out. I know. That's hey, his I thing. I mean, but my point is, yeah. you know, those those times that I got rocked, like towards the latter years, and you know, like it, it's even it's documented, so I, I don't need to like kind of you know wade my way around it. But like two key battles, one. Iron Solomon yeah, yeah. and two uh, Sirius Jones yeah. those were the two like even the fact that I'm saying their names mm. to me is some is a those form were sma- of release. those were smack guys um, this is the East was, Coast dude yeah, did East you ever Coast battle dudes. those guys I battled Iron Solomon in fucking 2000 you was it at like a Scribble it, it Jam it was at Scribble yeah, yeah. And this I was, did Scribble Jam one year no you didn't for I real? did I made it into like uh, maybe the semi-finals what I year the past two three rounds uh, yo maybe 99 98, 98 damn you were active hella early bro I was already that was a legendary. 2000, yeah, I did. I did, yeah. I was still in high school all of those years, so no matter I was what too, year it was. I went, I, yeah, I, I went out for a scribble jam, yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it was yeah. How did you get word of it over there in the East Coast? I didn't know it was that popular. Um... I think one platform that really like was great then, and mm. this is like a legendary, mcbattles.com. Yes, you remember that site? Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, mcbattles.com. Yeah. yeah. So I even used to be a a, a, a taxi. You ever heard of those? Have I heard of it? Have you heard of this, Jeff? No. I used to be a taxi. We used to battle. We're gonna edit this out because no one can know this world exists. But it's a world. But I knew people. I knew of people on the internet because, like, in in various like people will talk about the like there were message boards apparently where people would would battle on message boards, text. But then it also is. I'm I'm ashamed that we're talking about this. I'm not ashamed. I know. I I did this. Good to know where you came from. You did. I did. I'm going. Oh fuck that. But then it slowly transformed into um doing audio. That's like wearing headgear. Right. You do the audio. I never did the audio. I did the audio battles. So the audio battles was it was yo basically it was disc records. Yeah. But it would just be a disc record against someone you've never met. I mean to be fair. Fair. Disc records are some of the greatest records in hip hop ever. Yeah. Like, I wish there were more good disc records. Hip hop, yeah. like, like I wish people could just be like, "Look, we're not gonna kill each other. We're not gonna actually get into a fight, but I'm gonna just yeah. eviscerate you publicly." Yeah. There's, there's so, there's so much corporate interest that like only somebody like Kendrick will do it. He's just like, "I don't really care about corporations. <laughs> I don't give a fuck if there's a Sprite logo here. I'm gonna yeah. diss you." You know? What I'm yeah. Saying? No, I didn't. Yeah. yeah. But no, nah, that's cool. I mean, at the end of the day, it's been a journey, and like I said. Whereas once upon a time, I might even try to shy away from that topic or that question. Mm. Now I feel like 
and it's not about like aggressively wanting to point it out but if if, if that's the topic uh, just feeling that peace of being able to say yeah yo they got me yeah those two like well, specifically got here's, me. here's the thing man every dog has has their day right of course so at one point in time there's a gin yeah. you know and let's just you know let's say you don't know too much about battle rap but it's like there's this like you know amazing Chinese guy that's winning all the battles, right? Yeah. That has to stop sooner or later, you know. There, so like you know, then there's like, oh man, there's this like you know funny but you know very aggressive you know chubby Jewish kid is winning all the battles. Yeah. And then like, that's uh, fucking uh, Iron Solomon. He, he was, was pretty slim when I he was. Yeah, he was slim back then. But he was doing something that nobody was really. I always doing. thought Iron Solomon was like an eighth tier Wu Tang affiliate. No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Sounds like nice, it. Though. He's nice. And then I Sirius mean, was like the, the trickster, the jokester. He was the trickster, the jokester. You know, he was, he was almost, he, you couldn't really... Gonna get him confused with Solomon Childs, but continue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he was really like, you know, well, Sirius, like, you know, you can't really pin anything on him. He's sticky, at yeah, least at the sticky. time. Yeah. You know, but like, you know... It's like rap battle analysis over here. So, okay. bro, I'm, I'm a part of the game. I could, I, could, I, could, Smith. I could train a kid to be Steve the next Mayweather, bro. But, you know, like, I feel like, you know... There's no way that you can like battle for like three years without taking a big L, you know. Yeah. No matter how good well, you are. Well, what really blows my mind is how yo the viewers, the 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 fans of that that sport and that culture, how they get attached, like how attached they get to it. Oh yeah. Sometimes when I'm out and about now, I may come across that guy that is following battle, and they'll be so t- tense about it, like. Yo, man, they cheated you with that serious joke. Like, like they're talking about, like, let's say it is a Mayweather Pacquiao type. Yeah. Yo, What's man, the score, the score cards, like yeah. yo, the scorecards was, you know, BS, man. You got them, you know, 2-1 or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, and, and the thing they, they'll go to, you know, just to be straightforward, is like, yo, he played the race card, and that's mm-hmm. why he is. And then with Iron Solomon, he was kicking rants. Like, yeah. they don't basically be trying to help me, you know, find peace. Exactly. And I'm looking at them like, yo. You ain't got to do all that. You ain't got to do all that. Yeah, they yeah, got yeah. me. Yeah, like, yeah. They got me. They yeah. both got me. So... So all right, so you graduated high school, in Miami. I think I read somewhere that people threw ice at you. Was that was that true or? They threw ice at me. Like football players threw ice at you or something in high school. Are you talking about Jeremy Lin? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I got some often. So did you did you get tangled them up? No, they don't. I'm not. That's never happened. But I heard them. I read people people would throw stuff at him when he would go to away games. Oh really? Yeah, and you know, call him names when he's walking out on the court. So were you? Did you get a lot of shit growing up? Like. Um, you know what? I gotta say, I was blessed you, enough to not get it to that degree. You silenced so, them pretty quickly. I'm I didn't. Sure. Well, it's not so much that I silenced them. You know, there was like the verbal, like yeah. the verbal, like meaning like I'll show up for like a a showcase or a uh-huh. battle, and you know, the first thing I might hear, kind of like out the side of my ear, might be like, "Yo, who ordered Chinese food, Joe?" You know, and sometimes it might be malicious, and sometimes I can read when it's just like a joke. You know, uh-huh. yeah, like, yeah. I might not know the. Sometimes person. it's razzing, or what, sometimes what did, it's like. What did your par- What did your parents do, and what did they think about you rapping? Uh, my parents pretty much uh, fall into that whole. Uh, category of you know the the Chinese immigrants that came to the states mm-hmm. in the 70s yeah. to chase the American dream you know and what is the American dream everybody Chinese, says Chinese restaurants and laundromat pick one right <laughs> everybody fucking puts up quotes when they say American, American dream, dream now yeah. I imagine this in the 70s when you said American dream you said American dream and you had a fist in your hand <laughs> yo that's a great <laughs> observation yeah. I'm gonna bring that back yo I'm the American dream face, yeah so my parents came to yeah. you know America and was chasing the American dream and so I grew up in that environment from Hong Kong yeah from Hong Kong so uh-huh. I grew up in the, you know when you go to a little like local Chinese takeout spot and you see that little kid that's running around he's doing mm. his homework on the side crawling yeah. under the counter that was me yeah, yeah, yeah. so that was me and uh, as far as your question of what were their thoughts on yeah. my journey um, I think it would be two different uh, chapters chapter one is when they were like absolutely 
livid. Yeah. Meaning like um, they were leading the picket rallies against hip hop <laughs> yeah. with the say no to hip hop, yeah. say no, save it's, our kids, yeah, yeah, yeah. save you know they was on that tip. Yeah. They were just crushing Tupac CDs and the fucking. Yeah, they, <laughs> they was room, part yeah. of that. And I think um, at that time I couldn't really understand why they were so anti it, but I see now why. Maybe it's because I'm older and I'm a parent myself, mm -hmm. but. I think it was solely because of their limited mm -hmm. knowledge and exposure to uh -huh. what it is. So if, you, if at that time I, I told them, hey, mom, yo, I'm doing this hip hop thing. I'm gonna be an MC, I'm gonna be a rapper. They pretty much thought of three things to pop into my head, their heads right away. Yeah. Violence, drugs, sex, crime, criminal. You, you just know, said but, three things and then you well, said- Well, yeah, because the little <laughs> five, yeah. But yeah. that's, you know, because that's how they, they don't know about Cool Herc, they don't know yeah. about Ben Bada, they don't know about the four elements, they don't mm. know about, you know- And when you try to explain star, those explain know, those things to them, you just sound silly. I album to play really? for them. Like, come on, you don't want me doing this? Listen to this. La, da, 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 da. I love the Black But they would probably, as your parents, they would probably be like, I don't understand it still though, you know? Yeah, but I mean, just one of them like, New World Water, what is this about? Yeah. Just Which was black them. on both sides, yeah. but still. Yeah, just one. <laughs> just needed to clarify that because, like, yeah. someone in the comments like, like, "That was in. the wrong thing, you Jeff, moron." You're, you're right. <laughs> right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. There was an interesting turning point when um, I think I was actively doing the battle thing, mm -hmm. and um, there was one that I knew was going to be a pretty big deal. Like, there was like a $5,000 cash prize. So mm -hmm. We're talking at that time. This is before the big purses that they have now. So it was a big deal then. So I knew I was going to But there's go. no purse bigger than the 50000 No you purse won. bigger than the fifty. No, and I, yeah, went, yeah. I went to that battle, and I brought my big-ass camcorder, the yeah. one that you put on your shoulder. Yeah. And I told my boy, yo, you got to tape this battle for me. Because yeah. in my mind, I was like, I got to show this to... I, I want to document it, number one. And two, I want to show it to my pops. So yeah. that's where the heck I was. Yeah. So I go and... This yo, is way before Instagram uh, and, yeah. Yeah, and I Vine. I couldn't find it. And all yeah. that shit. So um, <laughs> I, I, I win the battle, right? You know, for what it's worth. I come home, and then my pops is like... So what'd you do? How'd you do? I'm like, I, I, I did okay. So I'm like, I got the tape if you want to see it. So I put the tape in, right? Me and him are sitting there on the couch. I remember this. And it comes on, all grainy on TV. It's got the little white lines going. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like squiggly. Yeah. And, and and the picture on the screen is basically, there's like a crowd, right? Like yeah. in a club. Mm -hmm. Me and the dude are on stage. How old are you at this time? 17. 17, 17 okay. 17, 18. So my pops is sitting there, right? And he's just not amused, just looking at the screen. <laughs> And I'm mad excited because I know the outcome of this thing. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, so this guy, he's gonna rap right now, and he's basically saying that, you know, um, you know, mom's a whatever, and you know, like, look at me. Look at <laughs> Why would you show your dad this? <laughs> I, was like, I, had, I needed him to see the context. You're just like, of you that. must avenge the honor. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's watching. I'm, so by the way, I'm translating all this in, in Chinese, in yeah, Cantonese yeah. to him. I'm yeah. explaining to. him. I was gonna ask you is that your first language or English your first language. Uh, for for me, I I think both can both kind of fall as my first language. Okay. But my dad, you know, with his limited English, and you know, props to him because you know he he makes an effort to learn it, but mm. probably not well enough to understand a rap battle. You know? Yeah, yeah, they're talking so really I'm, fast. Yeah, so I'm breaking down the context for him, and he's kind of like, okay, like this is this this is the type of crap you're part of, right? <laughs> so then the guy ends. Now it's my turn. So I'm like, okay, yo, now you see that? That's me, your son. It's my turn now. So I basically say to him, you know how he said I did this and I did that and he did that? Well, check, this is what I say to da 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 da. I don't think that was even what caught him. It was when he saw the reaction of the crowd when yeah, this yeah. was all happening. So the crowd is just like, yo, you know, standard yeah. crowd reaction. And then that's when my pops, yo, cracked a smile, right? And yeah. then uh, he said something in Chinese like, um, like, and basically that means like, you served him. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway, anyway, yeah. Uh, and then, but the icing on the cake, and I don't want to say it was all because of this, but the icing on the cake is I was like, oh, yeah, and by the way, you know, there was a little $5,000 prize, and I pull it out of my pocket. How do you say five racks <laughs> in Cantonese? <Yeah. laughs> like a stack of 20s, though. Whoa. <laughs> like 20s and like 50s. A like a fucking drug dealer. Five racks in 20s and 50s. I'm like, and I also got this little, and, you know, he, he they was cool about it. It wasn't like, okay, we'll take our parent commission. Mm. 60% of that, you know. Yeah. It was like they didn't give you manager like, fees. Now like, you yeah. start paying rent. Like, yeah. <laughs> now you start paying rent, right? But nah, um, like so, it wasn't like you know that right away won them over. But I think my pops right right there. I think the thing he saw was just wow. You number one man. This little you know this little guy. He's really passionate about this. Referring to me, so mm-hmm. it was cool. And now the the craziest thing is a couple years ago when I fully knew that he's finally come into the he's on board now. We was at dim sum one day, right? Mm-hmm. And yo, where'd the everything? He asked me, did Busta Rhymes just put out a new song? Stop it. <laughs> he Stop didn't say it. the word Busta Rhymes, but I know he was talking about Busta Rhymes. Cause he was like referring, he's like, yeah, you know that one, the one rapper, he's like real crazy, like, rah, 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 rah. What happened? What happened? I, what, when did your, what, your dad become Buster a Busta Rhymes fan? I'm not, I don't think it's so much that he's a Busta Rhymes fan, but in the recent years, he's been more active. Okay, well, number one, he discovered Facebook. Number two, oh, he no. discovered online, yeah. like the online world. He finally came around. This guy's got an Android, and he's on Facebook all day, and he's all that. So <laughs> yeah. he's watching videos, keeping tabs of what I'm up to. And um, yeah, so we're at dinner. He's like, "Yeah, dude, he put out a new, he put out a new song, right?" Mm. I think it was the um, the "Look at Me Now." Yeah, <laughs> look yeah. at me now. Bigger than the bees and the bigger than like that yeah. that joint. And then I was like, "He did put out a new song, right?" Like, <laughs> and it was like this whole. Twilight Zone moment for me. I was yeah. like, so funny. Like my mom told me she liked like the new Eminem song, and I was like, can't like Eminem ever. Yeah, again. I'm friends with the monster. Yeah. yeah. I was like, Ugh. I was like, Eminem went from terrifying your mom. Like you're like, yeah. with your mom, and you're like, do not listen to it. And then like, he finally, he's, he's finally able to translate all that angst to somebody like that. You know. Yeah. You know. At first, it was just scaring people like that. I had. Now I, he's just like he's sitting down like you know across the dinner table. You know what I had in my head the other day was Eminem's verse from the anthem, the the tech, the sway and tech, the anthem. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. I remember yeah, that like, joint. Crazy. Like, my face is wide out. And he's like, I rather yeah. erase my face, face so y'all can't see me like Mace's eyebrows. Yeah. Yeah. What about on. Chino Excel's verse on that? It was a good verse as well. Couldn't get signed if you had a, a cast on your arm Te- or something. Tech yeah. nine. If you had a cast on your Tech Nine is like now, you know, Tech Nine is having like the fragile, that song, uh, Fragile is like a My daughter loves Fragile. My daughter loves anything. You know that song is about Matt's Bell? Yeah, I, like <laughs> I wanted to tell. I wanted to tell. Oh, we're Max trying to Bell get. That we're trying night. to get Tech Nine and Max who? Bell on the show. Oh, it's about a writer. <laughs> it's about a writer. It's about a writer. A writer, a writer that. Well, they thought it was originally knows. about me, which was like it was thought that the song was originally about me. Yeah. Turned out it wasn't about me. It was about. I could go and write one about you tonight if you want. Well, I'd be honored. Depends on um, how this interview goes. <laughs> <laughs> which, it's not an interview. <laughs> it depends. It's not an interview. That's what I'm gonna write about. That's exactly what I'm write about. Um, I thought this was an interview. Yeah, these guys call me up here and we don't even do an interview. What kind of nonsense is that? Yeah. yeah. They don't know um, I'm fragile. So. <laughs> So anyway, so you go to New York, and then when you go to New York, what how, what led you to go to New York, and kind of what was you know yeah, the impetus I it? mean, not not to overly dr- uh, dramatize things, but 9/11 brought us to New York. Really? Yeah, I mean, the whole time uh, I was you know in Miami, mm. my mom and dad in Miami were doing a Chinese restaurant takeout thing, but uh, my grandparents, so my on my pop side, mm-hmm. grandma and grandpa. They've been in New York and Chinatown specifically since like the 70s. So mm-hmm. when they first came to mm-hmm. the States from Hong Kong, it mm-hmm. was to New York. And uh, when 9-11 happened, it was just this moment, I think, for everybody of like, just like, wow, 
man, this is really happening. So we had a decision to make in terms of do we bring them down to Miami mm -hmm. or do we go up to New York? Just mm -hmm. wanted to be closer to them, yeah. right? To, to Just to be around. Mm -hmm. And um, the reason why we, we leaned more towards going up there is because at Miami, Yo, it was pretty. It was a pretty downtown for my family as a whole. Mm -hmm. Like, um, like I said, we were doing the Chinese restaurant thing, right? Little takeout joints. I mean, we were onto our third one by then. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by third one is not, yo, we have a franchise of three. I meant we opened one, closed, closed. down. Mm -hmm. Open one, yeah, because yeah. business was tough and economy. The restaurant whatever. business is the hardest. Tough. Fuck. So well, our third I'm one. Not eleven too. Like everything. Yeah. It was so the by that yeah. time, the third one has shut down. So my mom and dad was like, look, we're going up to New York to be with grandma and grandpa. And hopefully we can kind of use it as a reset button too. Mm. And uh, you can stay down here in Miami and continue hanging out with Slip and Slide and you know yeah, Two Live yeah. Crew, or you can come with us. And for me, I was like, y'all going to the Mecca? I mean, first yeah. of all, it was like you, like, you had me at yeah, hello. Yeah, for, yeah, exactly. Yeah. First of all, I was like, wherever the fam is going, I'm going too. Mm -hmm. But then on top of that, y'all going to the Mecca, right? Y'all, yeah. of course, I'm coming. So I go up there, and my, my vision and my, my goals were pretty much the same. Keep doing the battle circuit. Keep mm. working on the demo tapes. Keep trying to get on Unsound Hype, mm. right? <laughs> and That's a whole different world, man. I can't believe it's yeah. gone so far from there, dude. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Hype, yeah, I mean, they had, they how many, think about how many careers they broke. I mean, they broke DMX at first. Are you talking about Unsound Hype? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. That was that, that was like the one of the main goals back Big then. E. Either to get on Unsigned Hype, get you know, to get a chance to spit for Timberland, yeah. right? To have your demo be heard by by Puff or whatever the case may be. So yeah. went up to New York and that was the goal. And um that's when I really was able to get more into the the battling thing too. Because yeah. when I was in Miami it was very like limited. Yeah. But when I got up to New York I was able to get into like stuff like like bragging rights and uh, you know, like the New Yorican Poets Cafe and yeah. all those, you know, EO Dub that they do down there. They're still going on now. That's in, uh, what's that? That's in the Lower East Side. Lower right? East Side, yeah. yeah. I went there just, one time. Homeboy Sandman does, right? I don't know if he does it. Yeah, but Homeboy Sandman was very it. active, and, yeah. and that's yeah. kind of where he built his his, yeah. his grounding. But, um, yo, and just standing in front of Fat Beats, like literally, yeah. like just standing in front of Fat Beats with my little mixtapes. Yeah. Yo, you listen to hip hop? Yo, I was standing next to Percy <laughs> yeah. P every day. Yeah, He's out it was here now. it was me and Percy P. And, yeah, you was like know, Jay I mean, and Silent Bob. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to respect Percy though because you yeah, know amazing, that was his domain. Like, hey, check this out, dude. Hey, Percy just played battles. One of the greatest battles yeah. ever. Percy just played Low in Theory. This is a club that I do out here uh -huh, every uh -huh, week. Uh -huh. He played two, three weeks ago. Two, th yeah, maybe three weeks ago on my mama. He killed, killed it. He yeah, killed it. I've seen so many rap sets there. I've seen fucking, you know, every all all of my homies. I've seen fucking OF. I've seen fucking yeah. Death Grips. Even though he wasn't as good as Death Grips, but it was like honestly, it was like a fucking frame of like like fundamental traditional like old school rap shit. Like damn, this is how it felt. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. It was dope because you know we were talking about the unsigned hype. Yeah. So another thing that was parallel with the unsigned hype, which was like the dream aspiration, was getting a hip-hop quotable right mm. and he used to be in front of fat beats man real it was dope just to be able to be in his presence with a copy of the hip-hop quotable yeah because you know he was out there basically pushing his his mixtapes yeah. too yeah. and then he would be like yeah this is the hip-hop quotable from the source and you know whatever and yeah. i'll just be like yo this is really happening yeah I mean, this right? album was pretty good too yeah, yeah, like all battle right, beats mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then that eventually led to uh going up to audition for Freestyle Friday. Yeah. So kind of putting it in that How did that sequence. audition work? Was it like you just freestyled or did you battle somebody? Or Good what? question. Yo, I remember the day vivid too. Went up to Harlem. Uh, when, when 106 in Park was literally on oh, 106th Street, right? Yeah. In Park Ave. 
And uh, it was like an open audition, so you had like mad dudes out there. Mm -hmm. You know, like 50 from Brooklyn, you know, 60 from the Bronx, and just, man, then that one Chinese kid from Miami that people <laughs> that people are like, yo, so who ordered Chinese food? Like who, like what is he doing here, right? Yeah. But I go in there, and like I said, I don't go in there thinking that. I'm just like, hold up. Whatever I have to do today, I gotta kill this audition. It's something interesting. I didn't go in thinking so much about the you know, making it on the show. Like, I wasn't thinking about Freestyle Friday. I was thinking about that day singularly. Mm -hmm. Like, because I did know I was going to have to battle somebody. So I go in there, and yeah, they set you up in front of, like, the, the producers and stuff, and they make you battle. Mm -hmm. I had 30 seconds. You know, imagine this is the real thing. No cussing, no whatever, whatever. Go. And then at the end, they're just like, all right, thanks for coming. We'll keep in touch. And they send you on your way. Mm -hmm. So all you really have when you leave is, like, your own feeling of how did I do. Mm -hmm. And I think I, I did good, but, mm -hmm. and of course, no guarantee. So I leave, and... I go right back out to Fat Beats and I'm standing next to Percy P. Hey, what's up, Percy? You know, selling my CDs. Mm -hmm. I think it was a good like week and a half later that we Rap get the call. Life. Yeah, that's tight. And we get the call and they're like, yeah, so you're going to be the challenger this coming week. So just be prepared. And uh, it's funny because I always look back on it now and there's this theory that they might have sent me up there as like a sacrificial lamb because the guy that I was going up to challenge was already like a six week yeah. defending champ, right? Wow. So he was going for his seventh. You know, Hassan. Let me not, you know, let me, you know, I don't want to just be like he's a anonymous figure. His yeah. name is Hassan. So they put me you up against... You got a fucking amazing memory, bro. They put me up against Hassan. Well, these are defining moments in my life. No, yeah, you got to yeah. understand. They put me up against Hassan. And once again, I didn't go into it thinking, wait a minute, they got me battling the seven-time, yeah. you know, champion. Mm -hmm. No, I was just like, I don't care if he's a 12-time champion. I have one agenda. Yeah. Take him out. Yeah. Especially knowing that it's a one-round thing. So oh, you yeah. know know all about the, the, the importance of the rebuttal and when you can't rebuttal, that's like a major disadvantage right away. Yeah, yeah. So I knew right away, whatever I do in that 30 seconds, it's Did you go be, first or last? I went first. So oh. the challenger always has to go. So they don't do the coin toss. Yeah. So I knew right away that there was no possibility of me getting the last word. Yeah. So that works for you because when you're constructing your your, your Well, your if you piece, have an amazing offense, then the other person is just left with pressure. That's all I had yeah. on, uh, in that occasion was offense. So I knew it was like, yo, this is on, and it's only 30 seconds. So it's not like these three-minute rounds that, that's yeah. more popular now. So I was like, man, I got 30 seconds to completely blow this thing out the water. So I come out, and it was a, it was a risky move because I didn't know if he would use Asian jokes or not. But right away, I was like, you know what? Let me defuse it anyways. I don't care if he's using that. So one of the first lines, I was like, you make one joke about rice or karate, NYPD be in Chinatown searching for your body, right? Yeah. And I mean, it was like, you know, it was it was, it was, it was my imagination. I mean, he could have said something about, you know, jokes about rice, and he wasn't going to be chopped up in Chinatown, you know? So it was just my imagination. I mean, but, but you know, so when it's, I a part that, of, it's, it's, it's a part of the lore, though. It's, it's part, part of the, the lore. lore. It's part of, exactly. Yeah. So the fact that this Chinese guy was saying this, at the audience and, and, and who was DJing that day I'm pretty sure someone's head blow, blew up they're like there's <laughs> a Chinese guy rapping ah, he just said he'll, he'll kill him ah. Batman Scoop Batman yeah. Scoop was the DJ oh really DJing for the battle so I finished my 30 seconds and I think everybody was still trying to find their footing I was still trying to find my footing yeah. cause I was like yo did that really just happen yeah, yeah. I, it was pretty precision sharp like I did exactly what I wanted to do yeah. nailed the 30 seconds they're on YouTube right it is on yeah. YouTube yeah and this is like the, the, the lore this is mm. that lore so then then it's his turn, Hassan. Good dude. I mean, I don't know him well. Our interaction is limited to that day. But he wasn't like a jerk or extra arrogant or anything throughout yeah. the whole thing. But he goes, and like about 12 seconds in, yo, he just stops. Says it. He just stops. And then like the DJ and everybody was just like, no. <laughs> no. So these are stories for my grandkids. So I mean, the the beauty of, of sharing with you here is it's documented on Shots Fired. If my grandkids ever want to hear it, I'll just tell them to 
Google find this or whatever. So yeah. <laughs> Google find. Google, <laughs> Google find this motherfucker. Google might be obsolete by that time. Who knows? I'm hoping that we're in like some little, you know, like post apocalyptic dystopia in which, you know, no one has internet. Yeah, no one has nothing. No, no, not at all. I'll yeah. be sitting around a campfire telling my grandkids. Exactly. Um, we used so, to have to so remember then, cell phone numbers. Yeah. Yeah. So then, uh, how did the deal with Rough Riders come about? Yo, by the uh, fourth week. Uh-huh. Of that rough uh, of the Freestyle Friday journey, mm-hmm. so you know I was I won that week. I go back next week as the de- defending champion, and then uh, win, win, win. By the fourth week, we had a couple labels that were already like we were taking meetings with. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I think about, they were frothing at the mouth. They're like, does yeah, Eminem no, thing happen? We, oh my god! Yeah, they were. We have a Chinese guy. We're frothing at the See, mouth. But on your end, you're just like a kid that wants to get a deal. On their yes. end, they're like, I want to get this kid. And, and have the next Eminem. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Every marketing scheme, you know. Exactly. Like, how are we gonna market him? Yeah. Exactly, and it's understandable, and it's yeah. fair game. And yeah, I yeah, wouldn't, for sure. And I wouldn't it's like be, soda. It, yeah. It's like relabels treat like artists like art. It's like that's how it is. It's like clothing and soda. It is. It's mm-hmm. like how what lifestyle brand can I market this? So it was it was a balancing act because while we were like um, taking these meetings, I still wanted to make sure I focus on the task at hand, which mm-hmm. was executing these next seven weeks, yeah. right? So, but by the fourth week, I think we were pretty clear on on the Rough Rider thing already. Like they were around. I remember going to meet up with um mm-hmm. with, with the the CEO Wa, mm-hmm. um and going up to the label. They were at the Universal office in in Manhattan at the time. So fourth week, we 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 were uh, we were in talks already. But I think by the fifth sixth week, like the ink was already drying. Okay. So I, we we signed already. And I think this spoke a lot about the um the the the, the perspective and the faith of, of Rough Riders and that that camp too cuz they basically were like they they spoke it into life in a sense. They were like, "Look, let's f- close this deal now." And the way we're going to do it is after you win on the 7th week. So this is like the 5th 6th week and they're yeah. saying this. After you win on the 7th week, we're going to have you pull out your chain, you know, tip, you know, Woo! standard hip hop, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, dramatics, right? Yeah. And, and announce that you with us. You yeah. with the R. So me, like I said, like I was 20 at the time. I was yeah, 20. Yeah. yeah. I was like, let's do it like that. Yeah, right? That's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> so yeah, so you know, um so Lo and behold, you know, I make it through this fifth week, sixth week, seventh week. And the seventh week was interesting because uh, Y Clef was one of the judges. Uh-huh. So, you know, I, I pull the chain out and the guy's like, yeah, you know, Clef is like, yo, this guy's the truth. And then we do like a freestyle cypher on TV and all that. Oh, yeah. And then that's kind of, I think, the early stages of how the um, that, that song came to be, too. Okay. Like when I when I linked up with him for the single, for the Learn Chinese What was it single. like working with uh, Y Clef? Epic, yo. I mean, mm. I grew up on Fuji's. Mm-hmm. So, you know, me going into the studio, and I think it worked for me and against me. Because mm. I think, you know, one of the reasons why, um, you know, learn Chinese, like I said, you know, depending on who you ask, you'll get a billion different reviews. Mm-hmm. Some people tell you, no, it was groundbreaking, and nobody, you know, and he took the DOS effect sample and flipped that, you know. And some people would straight up just tell you it was corny. Mm-hmm. Right, that was straight cheese. That ruined Jin's career. So it's pretty extreme what type yeah. of feedback you'll get, and I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I was in the studio with him, one thing that maybe I unintentionally um, found myself caught up in was, "Yo, that's Clef." Mm-hmm. Just throughout the whole process. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I really was like now. If I went back in the lab with yeah. Clef or Kanye, who's on yeah. that first album too, mm-hmm. or Just Blaze, I think it would be a completely different thing. That's what I was gonna get at, man. It is, yo. It's like, how, how are you approaching records? Because I know as a kid, yeah. especially coming from the battle rap thing or whatnot, yeah. like making records and rapping, it's two, two totally different things. Yes. You know, it's like, yes. it's, it's like shredding the guitar and rec- recording the same guitar yeah. like over and over until it's fucking perfect after three minutes, you know what I'm Absolutely. saying? So like, uh, what, well, what I was gonna say is like, what kind of records are you making now? That's what I wanna know. So the album that I'm working on right now, mm. um, 
the unofficial, you know, commem- commemorative ten year anniversary album, so to speak, right? Mm. I'm not, I'm not launching it as that, but it is that. I will right? edit that out so people. It don't matter. You can, but uh, it's <laughs> called fourteen. You've never edited out a thing in your yeah. life. No, no, say, no, no, that's don't a fucking. Start that's, a, me. that's an empty threat. That's <laughs> no, you start censoring me. You don't yeah. edit anybody else, but you edit me. Nah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So the album is, is a. There's a concept that I'm working with. So yeah. it's called fourteen fifty nine. Yeah. And the idea is, you know how they say everybody gets their fifteen minutes of fame. Yeah. yeah and in yeah. some cases, someone might tell you, oh, Jen man his 15 minutes been up right mm. but then if you ask like the hardcore gin supporters they might be like yo Jin's never left our hearts yeah. you know we, we we rock with him during the rough ride of time we rock with him when he did his indie thing right so it's such a don't you have like a huge fan base in in hong kong well yeah hong kong i mean mm. kind of by default because yeah. you know Chinese, they gotta show me love. <laughs> Heck nah. See, that was one of the big misconceptions over the years too. Yeah. Right? People were just like, "You're Chinese, they're Chinese, they gonna love you." No. Yeah. You know that's so far. I don't think they really like eating like like rap that. over that's, there, that's bro. Not the case. They like black eyed peas a lot over there. Yeah, they don't well, like now, rap, rap, rap. But uh, so the album that I'm working yeah. on, that 1459, is me exploring what that really means. Okay, mm-hmm. let's say my I am down to my last second. Right. And what do I do? What do I want to say? Mm. So to answer your question about how do I approach records these days, that's the exact thing. I am approaching them as records. Yeah. So, you know, there's a big defining difference as far as back then. It was just, yo, man, I just got to go in there and get these bars off. Yo, these punchlines got to be hot and yeah. so forth and so forth. But now it's really wanting to. Uh, another thing is telling a story. Yeah. I think this album as a whole, what I really want to do is tell a story. Yeah. Um, and I can't guarantee that people will like it. I can't guarantee it will resonate them. But mm. what I can do. And, you know, even if there's any people listening, because I get these emails and tweets, yo, Jen, I'm an aspiring rapper, man. What, what's your advice or suggestion? My first thought in my head is, man, who am I to be giving anybody advice, right? Mm. But if I could offer one gem, it'd be like really always ask and question yourself in terms of how authentic is what you're doing. Because mm. I think that's one thing that I always never really was able to grasp in my career. Maybe mm. one of the things that contributed to some of the setbacks was that authenticity factor. Because, mm. um, yo, I just never really put too much emphasis on how authentic is this, what I'm doing. Well, I mean, when you're really good, when you're really good at putting together words, when you're really good at technical, you don't, people, I don't think you tend to lean that way. You don't have to. You don't really have that, uh, you know, somebody that's really not good at rapping, rapping, right? Yeah. You're like a fucking technical genius. Yeah. You can fucking well, punchline out I of fucking to, nowhere. Yeah, I try to, yeah. But, like, people that don't have that talent, that's why I think a lot of battle rappers fuck up people that don't have that talent they really have to dig deep to find out what's interesting about them you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. i don't mm-hmm. know so yeah nah, nah, so yeah. back to you know not to keep on jumping back and forth but no doubt so do you meet dmx at this point and what happens when you meet dmx and at this, this point as in now or no in that, as in the course of the that. rough ride yeah oh. like when do they bring in dmx like in a room and um, it's just dmx is, is he here that's x no oh, no <laughs> <laughs> And now we're bringing in DMX. Yo. Yo, Jin. Maybe another one of the big misconceptions is um, people always have this imaginary vision that yeah. because I signed with Rough Riders and I was with them during that but period you just of time, hang out and I was just time. kicking it with X every day. We was playing mini golf, miniature golf, and mm. riding around on, Stop on crushing quads. My dreams. Right? I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. but that's the reality. You learn um, how to do a wheelie on the bike in Yonkers? I, I think in the course of the, um, the the three four years that I was signed to the label, I can count pretty much on maybe one or two hands how many times I actually saw and interacted with them. So mm. it was a good. It was at like very specific group gatherings was it like a, mm. yeah like what are the yeah. group what are, what the, are the group, group gatherings? gatherings no so i'd be like it would be like um maybe like my first year or two some of the vivid memories is uh going down to myrtle beach 
for like uh, events like like you know Memorial Day, uh, 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 Memorial Day weekend. I need to know everything about this. That's the, <laughs> that's the stuff that I can't disclose. No. <laughs> but um, like Swiss like Beats was like, doing some crazy shit. And uh, stuff like 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 Black Bike Weekend, stuff like that. Like yeah. other than being signed to Rough Riders, I don't think I'd ever be down at Black. Who's Bike. the crazy? I feel like yeah, you're like the only Chinese guy. There's probably another one. It had to be Dragon, right? Drag was pretty crazy. Drag was and is still pretty crazy in terms of like carrying that that the spirit of the art yeah. right because you know that's the thing i mean i grew up on rough riders yeah. mm. which is why during that freestyle friday you know with the different labels coming in and you know frothing like you said yeah right? i was like yo why are we what are we even thinking about the r wants to sign me yeah, right? yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? so um yeah just to be in that fold was very like yeah it was humbling right yeah. x whether it be x whether it be drag whether it be the locks right? yeah, yeah swiss yeah. on board um but when i came around i think this is one of the critical things I came around exactly at the time when all the older brothers and sisters were going off to college. Ooh. Yeah, right? So X was starting a bloodline. Yeah. Uh, Swiss was on, uh, I think he launched full surface already, I think, yeah. or was about to launch full surface. Eve was drifting into like Hollywood and yeah. doing that thing. And so it was like, I came into the house like, okay, everybody, I'm here. Everybody's gone though. Yeah. So I'm just in this house kind of by myself. But which was cool though, because one of the determining factors for me as far as signing with the art, I wasn't going into it like, yo, this is going to be great. I'm going to have X holding my hand, walking me through this. Yeah. I'm going to have Jada Kiss helping me, you know, write my bars. Yeah. I'm going to have Drag helping me do choruses. That wasn't my mind. You know, yeah. it would have been great. But I really went in on some, man, I want to kind of create my own lane and yeah. bring my own thing to the table. Yeah, yeah. So, th like I said, that misconception now, like people are like, yo, so you still see X? And I'm like, <laughs> I kind of barely saw him when I was on the label, yeah. so imagine mm -hmm. now, right? But, uh, yeah. yo, I mean, I, I was, am, and will always be a hardcore DMX fan, and yeah. not only just a fan, but a supporter of, of the man, yeah. like as far as his personal journey. And I mean, I don't know him well enough to speak on the the, the, the behind the scenes of things. But I'd rather not talk about yeah. that. I like, think I mean, he's a talented dude. I would like to know, yeah, he is a very, yeah. I mean, I also mm -hmm. would like to know what happened to Myrtle Beach. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, we skipped Myrtle Beach. Yeah, what happened to like a, yeah. you know? Well, you know what it was? It was a lot of, you know, popping willies yeah. and, 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 and you know what it was a lot of? I can close my eyes and see it. Rough Rider vest. <laughs> really? Lots of, yeah, because you know the thing about the, the one of the strengths of the, the label is, in that sense is Branding. it really is a lifestyle. Oh, like yeah. the, the, the motorcycle club. Yeah. Like it's a real life motorcycle club, like with chapters upon chapters upon wow. chapters across the country. Wow. So which is why, you know, the, you know, there's been that strength as far as the label in mm. terms of when they do release a project, you get this you know, it's like a family thing. Everybody's the street like, yo, team already. Yeah, the streets are out there. Like, yo, the locks is dropping the album. You know, yo, everybody with a vest pretty much was like a default. We buying it. Yeah. Like not not because of like obligation, but because yo, we a family, so we're gonna yeah, support yeah. anything that has that R on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's tight. Yeah. So and then with the album itself, you I mean you had a crazy production roster. You had like you had so there pretty was much Clef, like there was Kanye, just yeah. Blaze, Bink. Yeah. Bink, yeah, very Bink underrated dope, producer. Mm. Yeah. Um did you work with Kanye in the studio? Here's my Kanye story. This is a funny. I've shared it once or twice. Here's my Kanye story. Here's my, everybody should have Everyone's a, like Mr. Burns. Everybody, <laughs> everybody should have a Kanye story in their life, I think. Yeah. But uh, so mine is actually not as thrilling as people might want or hope it to be. Yeah. So I get the call from the studio because we, we were towards the tail end of the album. So yeah. we were like looking for these big singles, naturally. Yo, Jin, who do you want to work with? And I'm like, yo. Kanye. So this is Kanye before college dropout. Yeah. He, I think he may have put out um, uh, Through the Wire. Mm -hmm. I think Through the Wire might have been out. So he released a mixtape. Yeah. But mm -hmm. college dropout definitely wasn't out mm -hmm. yet. So um, 
Yeah, but still, he was in high demand as far as a producer, mm. right? So I was like, yo, we could get in the lab with Kanye, Just Blaze, and so forth, right? And um, they're like, yo, we, 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 got, we got it set up. We're going to go out to L.A. and link up with Kanye. So similar fashion to, I think, what happened with the Wyclef session mm. happened in the Kanye session. I go in, you know, he's in there, and it's just, it's cool. It's like a cool vibe, cool environment, right? He's working on something, and, you know, the, the format, you know, the formal, hey, what's up, man, Jin, nice meeting you, nice meeting you. Small chit-chat, yo, you good? Flight was okay? Yeah, it was okay, okay. He plays this track that he was working on, comes on, and little 20-year-old me, just excited to be in the room with Kanye, he's like, yo, what you think about that? Yo, that's dope, that's dope, let's do that. And then that's it. That was the whole creative process. And yeah, then I yeah, start yeah. writing, and we record the song. But um, I look back, and I'm like, it wasn't so much that he was like cold and, and sheltered mm-hmm. off and didn't want to interact. I think it was just me not taking that type of yeah. assertiveness either, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it was such a yo. If anything, and this is not a, this is not shots fired, by the way. Yeah, it seemed a lot more like just a business transaction than anything else, right? Yeah, and yeah. I mean, yo, it is the music business, so that's cool. So I don't harbor any ill feelings totally. towards him, but it was definitely just a business transaction. Yeah, and from what I remember, quite a. Um, pricey one too <laughs> really well that was gonna be right wasn't that gonna be your, your second single or that something but then single but then Rockefeller like didn't well want I that. don't know the I don't know the ins and outs but you know the 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 word was um there was the concern of he was about to release his album mm-hmm. and they wanted to focus on um whatever single that he was releasing to, to put emphasis on it because yeah. the record we did um he was on it yeah he's on oh, the record he yeah, on he, it. He, yeah he uh he did the chorus yeah. I mean this is the song that actually ended up on the album so I mean once again you know, just for clarity, like, it's cool. I, I'm grateful for that experience. But my, you know, like from the Rough Riders perspective, it yeah. was like, yo, we're coming to Kanye. We definitely want to come for a single, yeah. right? But in the end, it ended up being an album cut. So it was like that kind of thing. But like Paid I said. Paid single price and got an album cut. But it's all good, That's man. Crazy. Like, I, I, like I said, who knows? Maybe that Kanye single would have came out. I would have blew the heck up. Been like Justin Bieber status. I wouldn't even want to see you guys. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be sitting here with y'all. I'd still be a fan. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was just me being silly. So then you, and then you, you lived in Hong Kong for a while. Do you still live in Hong Kong? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, home base is uh, NY, uh-huh. but I'm, I'm, I'm back and forth between there and Hong Kong. Because uh-huh. what happened was I went to Hong Kong and uh, when did I go out there? 2008. Yeah. Uh-huh. So to put it back into the yeah. general timeline, 2004 is when that Rough Rider album mm-hmm. came out. I stuck around for another year, but by 05, 06, mm-hmm. it was pretty clear that it was it was it's becoming stagnant like yeah. nothing was really when happening. the industry is changing too the industry at this was time, changing and like, too you know yeah. the companies are laying off thousands of people yeah. and like so we came downloads. to a pretty we came to a pretty amicable yeah. parting ways uh-huh. me and the label so thank I thank them for the, all that they taught me and the opportunity they gave me uh, and then got back on the indie grind mm-hmm. like back you know straight and then I had this this just this thirst and hunger to just go back to straight yo let me just go straight backpack on them mm-hmm. so I actually released the independent project on the heels of that called The Propaganda yeah. <laughs> Propaganda yeah that yeah, alone yeah. is a pretty backpack title yeah. uh, Propaganda did that you know whatever tried to get shows and it was very um, what's the word I felt like I was definitely in a state of like limbo mm-hmm. in the sense of like I'm not out there out there like I used to be but then, you know, like... It you still would be can weird. pack these rooms, yeah. Yeah, I, I can still kind of get shows if I really go in, you know. Mm. But at the same time, my mindset was, yo, if it comes down to it, I, I have no problem going over to Best Buy and getting a job application, right? Because yeah. that's the reality of life, right? Yeah. But thank God, it never got to that. Mm-hmm. Until 2008, um, 
yo, we get this call from uh, Universal, the mm. Universal, uh, the, the label, but in Hong Kong, though. Mm. And they're like, yo, we want to bring Jin out here to do our album in Chinese. Really? Yeah. And the thing with me and the whole, the whole rapping in Chinese, Cantonese, actually, the whole thing is, I've never, I was never against it, but it was never on my mind either. Mm. Oh, yeah, it yeah. just never crossed my mind to rap in Cantonese, let alone do a whole album in it, right? Yeah. But uh, 2008, Pockets was kind of thin. Right, and it wasn't exactly productive on the state side. Yeah. So I said, let's do it. Right. I wasn't married yet then, didn't mm. have a kid. So all of these things allowed me to make that decision. Mm. And I go out there thinking it would be a couple months, three, four months, mm -hmm. promote that album, get some change, and be out. Right. Mm. But yo, mad, unexpected was doors opening left and right mm -hmm. on the strength of that album. So that first album drops, it turns into another album. Next thing you know, I'm doing TV shows. Like I'm mm. talking like in Hong Kong though, uh -huh. in Cantonese. Yeah. So stuff like just to put it in perspective, like stuff like 24. Yeah. Not in terms of content, but you know, like TV dramas like just, that. Yeah. Just CSI, as big. Yeah. 20, yeah, but wow. in Hong Kong, yeah. Uh, CSI, 24, things of that nature. So I'm out there doing that, doing films. I did mm. like about maybe four or five films. Wow. What? Does that, no, does that spread into mainland China? It does spread into mainland yeah. China, which is really dope, and I'm yeah. thankful for that, even though I was cent centralized in Hong Kong. So um, I ended up staying there what was supposed to be three, four years. Four, I mean, three, four months was three, four years. Wow. That's so wild. I came back to um, the stateside about 2012, so it's mm -hmm. been two years now. And that was mainly because yeah, me and my wife had, had a little one. So mm -hmm. I have a two-year-old. So you met your wife out there? Or you met um, Me and my wife is an interesting little love tale. I mean, when I went out there, it was still the early stages of, of our relationship and getting to know each other and things like that. But we were... Oh, but she was, she was, she was, she was here. She, she was always here. Okay. So we did the long distance thing for mm -hmm. a bit, and that was challenging. Mm -hmm. And um, But, you know, I think my time out there made me realize that she's the one. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So I proposed... When did I propose? I proposed in 2010. Mm -hmm. And we got married in 2011. And I'm still out there during this mm -hmm. whole time. And then uh, we find out that we're ex she's expecting. And mm -hmm. in 2012, me and her was like, all right, what do we do now? Do, do, does she come to Hong Kong mm -hmm. with the little one? Or is it time for me to really think about coming home, right? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to come home. Because we don't have no fam out there. That's mm -hmm. the problem. Yeah. It would be tough if it was just the three of us. So it, it, it's an interesting tale because it's like I did invest these three, four years out mm -hmm. there to build this brand, yeah. right? Like yeah. I was getting endorsement deals, for example. Yeah, yeah. I never had endorsement deals before. Yeah. Like back when I was in the States and signed with the Rough Riders, did I want endorsement deals? Heck yeah, but uh, it just yeah. never came, right? Yeah. And I can't force that. But in Hong Kong, I'm doing all these things that I always dreamed of doing. Yeah. And financially, it was productive. Mm -hmm. uh, personally, it was also a great time of just growth too. Mm -hmm. So that's where I really grew in terms of like my faith and, and spirituality and things like that. And that's a big part of where I'm at these days. So then mindset. this new album is basically kind of putting, weaving all this yes. together. Yes. But in, in, in the most, uh, I keep going back to that same word, the uh, most authentic way possible. Mm -hmm. So like, am I saying, yo, I figured out life and things like that? No, I'm not saying that. But I am saying, yo, these last 10 years have taught me a ton of, you know, a ton yeah. of stuff. And mm -hmm. that's what I want to put into this album. Mm -hmm. It's cool. an interesting, you know, I shared with you that concept of the whole 1459 mm -hmm. and with this being my last second as far as my fame and stardom, right? Mm -hmm. That made me approach the album with a, a very specific mindset, which is this can't be my last album, mm -hmm. you know, and it wow. might not be. Yeah. But what happens when you approach an album like it could be your last? Yeah. And it makes me think about I was watching this at like an NBA game time interview or something. I don't remember the ball player. It might have been like one of the elite guys, mm -hmm. LeBron or Wade or something. But basically, um, the guy interviewing, interviewing him was like, how do you play with that intensity that we always see you with? And the, and the, the, the answer was, 
Tell you the truth, I play every game, whether it be off season, I mean postseason, playoff time, regular season, whatever. I play every single game like it's game seven of the finals. Mm-hmm. Right. And then like when he said that, it was just like, wow, right? Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't guarantee a win, but think about but that you, type you of leave like, that situation left. with yeah. like, yeah, like yeah, even yeah, if yeah, I took that L, I put it all out yeah, there. Yeah, so mm-hmm. you know, it's such a simple and I guess you could say a very cliche type of thing, but when you apply it to the things in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. Whether I'm talking about the way I'm approaching this album, but let's say I'm a I'm a I'm a, a new father now, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a husband. And we take, you know, we think, our human mind, you know, let us think like, man, I got 50, 60 years with this woman, right? I, I got plenty of time to love her and, 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 and pour into her. But we don't know that, right? Sure. So what if you treat every day, like every time I'm playing with my son on, on the rug, yo, this can be the last time I'm playing with you. It's not about being all depressed and morbid about it. Yeah, it's right? like being present. But it's being present. Yes, thank you, Jeff. It's being present. It's being grateful for that opportunity and, and, and cherishing it. So when, you, when for me, I'm working on this album, but taking that mentality into every aspect of my life is mind-blowing, yo. Like when I come in here and I do this with y'all, it's like... Let me be as authentic and, 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 and open up and share as much as I can because, you know, t- touch wood, this isn't the last time I get to share. But if it is, yo, this is what they're going to remember me for. You put it out. You put it yeah, all out online. Yeah, yeah. I put, you know, and people be like, yo, man, Jen, that was, that was pretty real. You know, he was, you know, there was no... Yeah. He didn't put up any type of yeah. facade or anything like yeah, that. Man. Well, we get a lot of people through. that come and do that, too. It's so funny. It's uh, like trying to, with me and Jeff, it's like a tag team trying to get information out of people. And he's like asking yeah. them like very like, you know, uh, logical questions. And I'm like trying to make them laugh to have no them doubt. open up about themselves. Indeed, because indeed. But like ultimately, at the end of the day, the funniest thing is like you can have all the subterfuge you want. Yeah. People like the people that are like, that's why like we're talking about Kanye. But like Kanye holds nothing, nothing back. back. Yeah. yeah. So like people, okay, so many people hate Kanye, yeah. but a lot of people yeah. fucking love Kanye. But you have an emotion though. Yeah. yeah. You're not like yeah. fucking indifferent. You, yeah. You're not just yeah. like yeah. So that's the thing we're talking about. The authentic. Mm-hmm. It, that you know, I I believe that that's what you get with him. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Same thing with we mentioned him earlier. Someone like an ex. Yeah. As much as you know, he may be scrutinizing you know in the recent years because mm-hmm. of we're watching it. You know, all these things unfold on as far as in his life in the public eye. But you talk about authenticity. Yeah. Right? He's authentic every interview. Totally. Whether it be on Wendy Williams or yeah. be on Dateline, yeah. you're getting X, right? So. Yeah. Awesome. What do you think of Drake? Everyone else will be like, oh, I fucking hate him. And you're like, <laughs> dude, like X, like he tells it, you know what I mean? Like you have to respect that shit. <laughs> yeah. And not many of us, not many people, not only just in entertainment, but in life in general, not many people can, can reach that place yeah, yeah, where yeah. they're just able to be like that. Yeah. So. Awesome, man. Well, I think we're, we should probably. This is Shots Fired. Thanks for Shots coming. Shots Fired. Yo, thanks for having me, y'all. Peace. Yeah. Good job, sir.